Benioff and B.D. Weiss have left their Star Wars trilogy, The Mandalorian got a new trailer and Robert Pattinson wants his Batman to be scary. Plus, I reviewed Doctor Sleep and the first two episodes of Watchmen. All this and more on today's episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. On this weekly podcast, I'll be going through the biggest and most entertaining stories from the world of entertainment and pop culture. So let's start off with what I believe to be the most interesting story of the week, and that's that Benioff and B.D. Weiss have left their Star Wars trilogy. So, it was announced earlier this week that Benioff and Weiss would no longer be directing their Star Wars trilogy, which, I mean, when I first heard this story, I was kind of like, what? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very unusual story. It's not unusual, though, if you think about Star Wars as a whole, they have a reputation of sacking their directors, so-called sacking their directors. I'll go into this later. The official statement was was that they left the Star Wars trilogy because they'd accepted this deal with Netflix, a very lucrative, two, I think it's $200 million deal with Netflix, to develop a series there. And they just had too much on their plate and they couldn't do everything. They couldn't do the Star Wars trilogy. To me, that sounds a bit suspicious. I mean... Why would they do this? Star Wars is the biggest thing in the world of cinema at the moment. Why would they just pass on Star Wars in order to do a Netflix series? I will get into that a bit later on. So the next story that we'll be talking about briefly is that, well, it's a rumour, it's that Brie Larson could be playing Ahsoka Tano in Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. So we all know that Kevin Feige is doing, is developing a Star Wars film. People have said that this is kind of a favour because he's such a massive fan. It's a favour from Lucasfilm and Disney because he's such a massive fan of Star Wars. He always has always wanted to make a Star Wars movie. Whether or not this Star Wars film will involve uh, Ahsoka Tano is to be seen. But this rumour comes from We Got This Covered. So maybe take that with a pinch of salt. But, I mean, recently they've kind of been hitting the mark with their, uh, their rumours. They've obviously got a very good source because I think this could happen. I think they're probably casting for Ahsoka Tano, and Kevin Feige is very close to Brie Larson, who plays Captain Marvel, so of course, you know, there's a, a relationship there. So it would make sense that they're thinking of her to play the role. However, it had been pointed out to me on uh, on the small screen Facebook group that she's she's not quite right for the role and I'd kind of agree with that there are character there are actors that I think would be better suited for it however Brie Larson is a fantastic actor and uh, and I personally I do think she'd make a a very good Ahsoka Tano but you know some people disagree a lot of people on the on the Facebook group disagreed with that one uh, moving on to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, Disney Plus's new series uh, will be six episodes long, which I think is uh, is a great length for this thing. So it's going to it's going to see Ewan McGregor come back as uh, as Kenobi, which is perfect because he played it in the prequels. There's no one else that can play Kenobi better than him now that you know the he's kind of made that role his own, even though the prequels. I mean, some people like them, other people hate them, but 
one thing you can say about them is they they per they did cast uh, Obi Wan Kenobi perfectly in those movies. So he'll be coming back. We all know that, and it'll be six episodes long. Moving on to another Disney Plus Star Wars TV show, The Mandalorian. Yes, The Mandalorian's new trailer is here, and it is so so good. We posted the trailer on the uh, on the the Facebook group. You can go there and have a look at it, or just go on online. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. But um, it's fantastic. There's so much going on here. Uh, Pedro Pascal is playing the Mandalorian. We don't know much about what's going to happen in this show, which I love as well. I love the fact that they uh, they they tease. They're, they're very Disney's very good at teasing things, and they tease very little. But what they do tease makes you want to watch more. There's a lot going on here. It's got incredible directors directing these episodes. You got the likes of Taika Waititi. You got it's developed by John Favreau. He's not directing any of the episodes. Dave Filoni's directing two. Off the top of my head, I can't remember all the directors involved, but I I knew I know that they're they're all very very interesting directors in their own right, and they'll do a fantastic job. I mean, this, I mean, it's just it's one of the it is the television event of the year it's just a bit unfortunate that us here in the uk we won't go to we won't get to see it legally let's say until 2020 20 early 2020 next year is what the star wars uk twitter account said but uh it's coming out in the us very soon the 12th of november us and canada and then australia us canada and the netherlands i believe is Disney Plus is coming out all at the same time over there and then Australia and the Netherlands a couple of days afterwards. But, you know, us here in the UK and other places in um, in Europe, actually, we're going to have to wait quite a while to, to watch this series. So I wouldn't be surprised if it actually ends up becoming one of the most illegally downloaded series of this year. And then, so this is, I, I kind of teased this before, is that there are now rumours that actually uh, Benioff and Weiss were fired from the Star Wars trilogy. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that Game of Thrones Season 8 really wasn't well received. I mean, I'm going to go into personal opinions here. I thought Season 8 was terrible. Um, and I think Benioff and Weiss should kind of be ashamed about what with what they did in that last that last season. It didn't need to be just one season. But they clearly wanted to move on to other things and they rushed it. And that's it. They they rushed the last season. The minute it's interesting though because the minute Benioff and Weiss uh, over overtook the books, the the shows there was a massive drop in the show's quality because they were creating their own their own story from that point on. And I don't think they're particularly good storytellers. I don't think they're good at coming up with uh, w- with plot. I don't. I just don't think they know really what they what they're doing when it comes to that. When they're working off something, when they're working off source material, they're great. But when they're having to develop something and have to come up with something on their own, they're not they're not as good. Which is actually why, and I've been saying this all week in a lot of my articles, that I really do believe that Benioff and Weiss leaving the Star Wars trilogy is actually a massive blessing in disguise, because I don't, I just don't think it would have been good. I really don't. I just. I'm actually just really glad that they're no longer involved. And I hope that it means that it paves the way for Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy. Because I, I genuinely think, I mean, you, whatever you think about The Last Jedi, if you like it or not, I genuinely believe that from a filmmaking standpoint and a, even a storytelling standpoint, that film is far superior to most of the other Star Wars films. And I know I'm going to get flack for saying that but that's just a personal belief and if you if you watch watch everything that he's done 
literally everything. There isn't a bad film there. And especially once people go, go out and see Knives Out, they'll realize how, how talented a filmmaker he is, how great he is with the camera, how great he is at storytelling, how great he is at plot development. He doesn't direct something that he didn't write himself. And they're all always original ideas. Uh, the guy, I think the guy is, personally, I think he's a, he's a bit of a genius Like when it comes to filmmaking. I, I don't think there's anyone out there that's quite as talented as he is. And I just hope, beyond hope, that Lucasfilm knows this and that Kathleen Kennedy knows this as well and that she has faith in, in Ryan Johnson and that they will let him do his trilogy now because they've, they've lost those two. We know that we've got the Kevin Feige movie, but that's just going to be one movie. But there are now rumours that Ryan Johnson's trilogy might not happen, which I think would be terrible. I mean, I've spoken at length about how much I want to see him get to do his own Star Wars uh, trilogy. And what he was teasing in The Last Jedi was was what I was really excited to see, a future beyond the, the Skywalkers. But hey, it comes from, we got this covered. So, you know, again, take that with a pinch of salt. Apparently, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is dead, but they're just waiting to reveal that piece of news because it wouldn't look good for them if they sack three directors within this within one month you know that wouldn't be good we're they're already there's already talk about how filmmakers aren't so interested now in, in directing star wars movies because of the amount of firings there there have been i mean you go th go through it, it's ridiculous the amount of people that have been fired so you got Solo, you know, you got um, the directors there that were replaced by, uh, it's got Phil Lord and Chris Miller were, were replaced by Ron Howard. Um, then even before that, Gareth Edwards was kind of replaced. You know, Rogue One is still officially his film, but he didn't, he, he, the reshoots weren't really directed by him and there's a lot written by about who actually directed that film. Then you've got Colin Trevorrow, who was sacked as well from the, the final Star Wars film. The, you know, he was going to do The Rise of Skywalker. But, and then also Josh Trank was, was sacked. Yeah, this it's, is a lot of people. Uh, it's, it's, it is a bit worrying. But then again, people don't really remember and, and, and tend to forget how many directors have actually been sacked by Marvel Studios as well. It's a lot. Uh, it's... A lot of people have been sacked over the years and they've they've parted ways with a lot of directors because they didn't have the same vision. And people, I hear a lot of people talking about how this is Kathleen Kennedy's problem. And no, I mean, it really isn't. And that, that leads me on to another story is that Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige will not be replacing Lucasfilm's president Kathleen Kennedy. And I love that piece of news because there is no reason for Kathleen Kennedy to be sacked. There, I, you look at just look at the films that she's that she's been in charge of. Look at the amount of money that she's brought in for Lucasfilm and for Disney. It is ludicrous. It, it, ludicrous. I use that word like I don't use that word lightly, because and also the standard of films that that it's a high standard. You might not agree with everything that's in these movies, but look at Star Wars movies as a whole. You love them, great, but. There are problems with all of these films that you know that there are plot details that don't really make much sense. There, there, there are plot threads that go nowhere. It, they're often the same. They're a bit, they're a bit wacky as well. They're, you know, a lot of people have spoken at length about how poor George Lucas is, um, how poor his dialogue is. You know, almost everyone involved in Star Wars has said it. Yeah, Harrison Ford said it. Um, 
Alec Guinness said it, Mark Hamill said it, you know, that that's not a fact, that, that, that's it, that is a fact. And actually, if anything, these new Star Wars films, from a dialogue standpoint, have kind of taken that, but made it a bit better. People were complaining about The Last Jedi having Marvel-type humour. Well, I don't agree with that. But, the, I mean, look at it. You've got The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rogue One. Three very good films, really. Like, very successful films. So why sack Kathleen Kennedy? It's not... All of these, all of these directorial sackings, people saying that Kathleen Kennedy is getting rid of people because they don't share her vision. To be honest, that's fair enough. Kevin Feige does the same thing. So people just don't talk about that, and it does it does infuriate me a bit. Anyway, rant over. More about Benioff and Weiss's cancelled Star Wars trilogy. Apparently, it was going to explore the origins of the Jedi. So I mean, yeah, I'd like to see that, but I would like it to be someone else to do that story because again i really don't think they're equipped to to tell that sort of story if they're having to come up with it themselves i think they've proven over the years that they can't develop original story but i've spoken about that at length again anyway star wars the rise of skywalker apparently it's going to feature hayden christensen's anakin skywalker again this comes from we got this covered so you know Take that with a pinch of salt. I have to say that every time because they do come up with a lot of stuff that doesn't always ring true, but sometimes they do. And this, I, I ran this story because it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense that Anakin Skywalker should come back in this because it's it's a culmination of Star Wars and Anakin Skywalker is a massive part of it. And it's also called The Rise of Skywalker. So if it's closing the chapter on the Skywalker saga, it makes sense to have Anakin come back as I think as a force ghost and I also think he will come back and talk to Kylo Ren and not Rey uh, because I think I, I think there'll be a scene in which um, there's kind of a, a revelatory moment that's a word uh, where uh, Ky uh, Anakin Skywalker appears to Kylo Ren and explains to him what it was really like being Darth Vader and uh, and it's it's not it wasn't a nice story and uh, I'm pretty sure that Kylo Ren will see the error of his ways and realize that he should turn back to the light. At least that's what I think is going to happen. Anyway, moving away from Star Wars and onto Batman and Robert Pattinson. He said that he wants his Batman to be scary, which <laughs> I like. I like the fact that he said that. I like the fact that he's looking at Batman in this way and that he's uh, he's realized that more than anything batman's a terrifying presence that's what he is he, he he scares criminals and he should scare viewers as well viewers should be afraid of him the guy is literally a guy that goes out all dressed in black to beat people up that's what's that what that's what batman is and i think uh, robert pattinson's realized that fact and uh, and he and he and that's what he wants he's also spoken about how he's reading a lot of comic books for the role to prepare for the role which again is perfect i just wonder which comic books he's reading i'm pretty sure he's going to be reading the long halloween i'm pretty sure he's reading year one also maybe the killing joke might be another one uh i have a soft spot for the cult and uh, and i would i love that that batman graphic novel and uh maybe he might be reading the dark knight returns frank miller's the, the dark knight returns anyway that's just that's just speculation if I were to prepare for the role, if they would ever offer it to me, uh, those are the books that I would reread and, uh, yeah, the call it kind of preparation, revision, <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, more Batman news is that um, 
Matt Reeves confirmed that Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon. So he tweeted, uh, he, he sent out a little tweet, which was, yes, confirming that um, they've got Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, which, for as far as I'm concerned, is perfect casting. I, I'm a bit sad that they didn't bring J.K. Simmons back because, you know, you only saw him for literally a second in uh, in Justice League, I think he's I think he's another fantastic actor that would be great as as Commissioner Gordon if he were given more to do. But Jeffrey Wright is just a fantastic actor in his own right, and uh, and I think they're going they're they're going they're taking another direction. They're going they're, they've got another vision for Batman with this film, and he obviously suits that vision better. I mean this this cast for this film, the Batman is is really good. So you've got Robert Pattinson as Batman, you've got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, you've got Paul Dano as the Riddler, and then you've got Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. You don't need any like that. That is a massive, that's a great cast, fantastic cast. And then, uh, so we'll move on to some of the other DCEU news. Uh, apparently, uh, a Green Lantern TV show is coming to HBO Max. This is really interesting because we've been talking about Green Lantern for what seems like forever, ever since the the awful Ryan Reynolds film. We've wa- I've wanted to see a Green Lantern film, and apparently a lot of people out there really want to see him be brought to the big screen again, just done better. But then thinking about a series, I mean, I'm surprised about this because a Green Lantern series would be expensive because of the amount of CGI you'd need. That the budget for that would be extortionate it would be huge but apparently they're they're really looking forward to doing it and um, there's the warner brothers have done just done a deal with hbo which is going to see a lot of stuff a lot of dc films and a lot of dc tv content come to hbo max which is exciting for everyone in america over here i don't really know know what's going to happen in the uk Uh, the another Another DCU story is that they're considering making a fire, uh, a Starfire Origins movie. This is a weird one. I mean, I love Starfire, but she's she's very much a kind of B-list uh, DC Comics character. But then again, maybe that's that's what you need. I mean, look, Iron Man was, Captain America was as well. They were B-list Marvel characters before they made these movies. Starfire is a really interesting character. She's an alien. She can. Um, manipulates energy well she can she draws energy from the sun which allows her to fly and she can she's got like ray beams and stuff like that she's she's really she's really fantastic and and uh audiences have been introduced to her in the the recent titans tv show i mean she's she's from the teen titans originally that's where i knew her from and then she's also got like comic new comics there's like the new 52 comics of her that are pretty good so I'm not surprised that they're thinking of this. Uh, whether or not it'll happen is it remains to be seen, but it it would be an interesting idea. And um, and if anything, DC, what DC films have shown and Warner Brothers have shown that they can do is develop interesting, kind of quirky, slightly dark movies, especially with the likes of Joker recently, like Wonder Woman. <laughs> Aquaman is just it's not. I wouldn't call it a good movie, but it's a blast. I thought anyway. And uh, and maybe they can do something similar with Starfire. Anyway, they're also considering, again, this comes from, we got this covered, but they're also considering making a Dark Knight Returns movie. This, I mean, when I first read this and heard about this, I was just like, but wasn't that Batman versus Superman? <laughs> wasn't that the Dark Knight Returns? 
Yes, it was. I mean, there are elements of that. Zack Snyder made it very obvious that he was very much inspired by The Dark Knight Returns. But making a straight adaptation of it, I'm not so sure about this because I love the graphic novel. I think it's great. It's this an old Batman, an old Superman kind of, you know, they don't they disagree and they, they, they fight. That's that's kind of that's what happens in that film, in that graphic novel. We've seen that already on the big screen. Do we need to see it again? I don't think so, especially with the route they're taking with Robert Pattinson's Batman. I'm not sure if they if they really need to be doing anything else with it. I think um, I think they've done enough already with that that particular graphic novel, especially the fact that they did the um, they did the animated version, which is in two parts, which was great. I don't think you need anything more than that. Moving away from Batman and on to the Joker. So we, I spoke briefly about HBO Max before, and apparently Joker is going to be made available on HBO Max, along with that, basically all the DCEU films, and that's going to happen in May 2020. So people listening in America, you're lucky. Over here, <laughs> I mean, I'd love it. I'd love for us to be able to see all those, have those on streaming. I don't know what they're going to do uh, in the rest of the world, but at the moment, HBO Max is looking really interesting in the US. And then, so Warner Brothers has started their Joker movie Oscars campaign. They've launched it and uh, they've they've put the movie into all sorts of categories, including best actor for Joaquin Phoenix, which is to be expected. I'm pretty sure he's going to win. Uh, best, uh, so the also they've also submitted Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, and Francis Conroy for best supporting actor slash actress nominations. And then the entire cast for best ensemble. Uh, they've also put it in a um, in quite a few. So the best director nod for Todd Phillips. They've put it up for that, and um, best cinematography, best costume design, best film editing, best visual effects, best sound editing, best sound mixing. So basically everything. Um, they're pretty. They're pretty confident with this film. I mean, I would be as well if I had that movie. Um, if if I were Warner Brothers. And talking about Warner Brothers executives, apparently they're stunned. Apparently they're stunned at how well the Joker's done. Yep, I mean, they should be because apparently they only gave Todd Phillips 55 million to make this film because they didn't want it made. They didn't want him to make it. They thought he'd turn around and say, sorry, I need more money. And then they'd just say, no, but he did it. He did it for that much. And he's made, so they made, they've, the film as of, it's made over $800 million dollars at the box office, making it the highest grossing R-rated film of all time, overtaking Deadpool. And, I mean, this is um, this is slightly sadder news, is that Joker 2 might not happen, because Joaquin Phoenix doesn't think they need to do a sequel. Um, I don't, I mean, it was, I think it was sold to him as a one and done, which is fine, but uh, he was t- talking to the Los Angeles Times, and he said, I wouldn't do a sequel just because the first movie is successful. That's ridiculous. Long before the release or before we had any idea if it would be successful, we talked about sequels. In the second or third week of shooting, I was like, Todd, can you start working on a sequel? There's way too much to explore. It was kind of in jest, but not really. So, I mean, it sound, it's really confusing what he's saying because there are bits of it that's, that makes it sound like he would do a sequel and other bits that makes it sound like he's not interested. He, I mean, he said it's ridiculous. I think what what he was saying is that he didn't want to make 
uh, Joker 2 just because the first film was successful. I believe that if he were given a script by Todd Phillips that convinced him to do a sequel, he would. Because he said he'd like to come back. He said he'd like to play Arthur Fleck again. He has said that. Anyway, that's uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Who knows? Anyway, on to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Charlie Cox apparently is going to return as Daredevil in the MCU. Fantastic. Fantastic news. Charlie Cox is perfect as Daredevil. They don't need to recast that. They've got him from the next Netflix series. They can just use him. Brilliant. Put him in a, in a movie. Wesley Snipes might be playing Dracula in Marvel's Blade reboot. Oh my God, I would love this to be true. I really want this to be true. Wesley Snipes is going through a bit of a, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to coin this phrase, a Snipes naissance. Doesn't sound very good, probably won't work. But if you watch on Netflix at the moment, there's a film called Dolomite Is My Name. Snipes is in that and he is incredible in that film. He's so funny. It's a side of, it's a side of the actor of Snipes. I was going to say it's a side of Snipes. Uh, that I've never seen before and I want to see more of him now and the guy played Blade originally I think Marvel allow should allow him to to at least turn up in the film and I think Dracula would be a perfect role for him I think he could do a lot with it I mean it's he won't be playing Blade it's um, Mahershala Ali he's playing Blade and uh, I think that's good casting and I think if you have hit if you have Snipes as Dracula. I think that would please a lot of fans. Snipes would be brilliant. Everyone would be happy. At least that's what I think. Apparently, Marvel is looking to do an R-rated Punisher movie with John Bernthal. So last week, we spoke about how John Bernthal is coming to the MCU as the Punisher. And now, apparently, they want to do a solo movie with him, which I think is perfect. I think that would be great. And there's no one better in Hollywood to play the Punisher than John Bernthal. Seriously, nobody better than that. Apparently, Marvel Studios is looking to bring a new Hulk into the MCU. So, this is a, a complicated one because I'm not so... Um, I don't know that much about Hulk, I'm going to be honest. Uh, he's not He's not been my, my favourite character. He's not... Yeah, sorry. He's not been my favourite character in, um, in the comics. It's not, not... Let me rephrase that. It's not that he's not my favourite character. It's just that... I've never been that taken with the Hulk. I mean, it's it's a personal thing. I really can't explain why. I prefer, I mean, I prefer reading um, Iron Man comics and uh, and some of Marvel's kind of lesser known. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy comics, I think, are fantastic. But yeah, the there are a couple. There are like Planet Hulk is great. So I've read Planet Hulk, and that that's really good. But apparently, Marvel's looking to uh, bring in a new Hulk. Uh, but it doesn't mean that Bruce Banner will just be shoved to one side. I think it'll it'll probably happen in the She-Hulk series uh, that Bruce Banner is actually going to be a part of. So they're looking to to bring in a version a version of the Hulk called Amadeus Cho. I mean, it makes sense because they're going to have to recast these roles further down the line pretty soon. Actually, I think. And I love Mark Ruffalo as as the Hulk, but it's probably time for him to, you know, leave the MCU, maybe do something else. <laughs> you know, he's been he's been part of it for a while now. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Then there's other news that Chris Evans could cameo in the Falcon and the and the Winter Soldier as Old Cap, as Old Captain America. I actually think this would make perfect sense because if you remember at the end of Endgame, you had Chris Evans, Captain America as an old man turned out that he just didn't come back and uh, he lived the life he always wanted to live with Agent Carter which is beautiful it's a beautiful story having him kind of 
turn up in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, given his relationship with both of those characters. It makes sense. And uh, and it would just be nice to see Chris Evans back again. At least I think so. And then there's also news that the two characters, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, could feature in Black Panther 2, which also makes sense because both of them have had kind of, especially the Winter Soldier, has he's got a lot of history. Well, he's, a lot's happened to him in Wakanda. They basically nursed him back to health. So it makes sense that they would appear in that film in some form or another. Apparently, Iron Fist is going to be rebooted on Disney Plus with a brand new cast. So this, uh, (laughs) I'm not surprised. Finn Jones is not good casting. I'm sorry. The Iron Fist series were not good. You know, I I stand by that. They were the worst of the uh, Marvel Netflix shows. So I'm not really surprised that they're looking to just move on come you know bring other people in but it kind of doesn't really make sense given the fact that there's all this news about them bringing people like Charlie Cox and uh and John Bernthal back and then they're kind of picking and choosing who they want I mean they can do that there's also news that Luke Cage will be coming to the MCU but will also be recast that I'm pretty bummed about because Mike Holter is brilliant as Luke Cage and I think that would be quite unfair on him Apparently, Marvel wants to bring back X-22 into the cinema, the Marvel, not not bring back, but they want to bring her in to the MCU very soon. So, I mean, you might have, if you've seen Logan, then you'll know who X-23 is. X-23 is, uh, is Wolverine's clone, uh, also known as, I think it's Laura Kinney. Yep. And she was played by Daphne Keane in in Logan. And Daphne Keane is fantastic in that role. So I think if they do this, they have to bring back Daphne Daphne Keane. I I think she deserves to have a a chance, uh, you know, to expand that role within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially now that they've got the rights to X-Men so they can use that character. Why not just have her be brought back? You know, there's no reason why not. I mean, maybe some people might be slightly confused, but, you know, who cares? Anyway, more Marvel news. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 is going to be released in April 2022. That's actually quite far away. When I heard that, I was like, actually, that's quite a long way away. But then again, it's it's an animated film and these films take a long time to make, especially when they look as good as Into the Spider-Verse did. Into the Spider-Verse is, I think, the best Spider-Man film ever made. I will say that here. I believe that to be true. It's brilliant. I cannot wait to see what they do with a sequel. I'm really excited to see what Miles Morales does next. I'm really happy about this. Then we got news about the same time that Ant-Man 3 is going to go ahead with Peyton Reed's Back to Direct. And there are rumors, it's kind of reported that it will be released in 2022. It's going to start shooting late 2020, early 2021. Peyton Reed's back. He directed the first two films. Paul Rudd's coming back. Makes sense. You know, the Ant-Man films are fine. They're good fun. I like I enjoy them. I don't go back to watch them. You know, I I enjoy them when I'm at the cinema. Ant Man three, I think it'll be a fun time again. I do wish I I do kind of wish I'd seen Edgar Wright's version of Ant Man, but you can't have everything. So moving on to The Witcher, I'm really excited about this series, and we got a new trailer this week that showed more Henry Cavill action, more Witcher action. It looks brilliant. It looks fun. It looks mad. I I just love watching Henry Cavill in anything and I think he's perfect casting as The Witcher even though other people don't agree with that I think he is and uh, apparently the show is go- has already got seven seasons planned out this is according to the showrunner I think mean, that's mad 
personally. Um, seven seasons. I mean, Netflix shows don't get over four seasons. Usually, they get cancelled after four. Whether or not it can last that long, we'll have to wait and see. I hope that they stick with the. I mean, they they just make a very good first season, and then we'll see. We'll carry on from there. So, moving away from the news and onto the features. So this week we got to see Doctor Sleep. And uh, we were invited to a Q&A with Mike Flanagan, the director of Doctor Sleep. And he had quite a lot to say about the movie. So he actually, um, he spoke at length about what it was like just showing the movie to Stephen King, who wrote Doctor Sleep and The Shining. And he, he said it was, a, it was another constant feeling of nausea. So he then went on to kind of talk about how that they showed it, they screened it for him in a, in a cinema in Maine, in a screening room in Maine, and they were sat right next to him. And uh, he he also he revealed that uh, that King at the end of the film. So this is the um, I'll just read out what Mike Flanagan said. He goes, but at the end of the film, the credits had just come up, and he Stephen King reached over and put his hand on my shoulder, and he le- he leaned over and he said, "You did a beautiful job." So it sounds like King was pretty happy with the movie, which, um, I mean, I kind of understand why he was. It, it's it's very, Flanagan did, a, a, it's a really different, I'll talk about Doctor Sleep in a bit because I'll review it, but it, Flanagan had a very difficult job. He had to please both the Kubrick estate and Stephen King. And what he did, he kind of, he, he, he did, I think he, it sounds like he managed to do that. At least he said he managed to do that. Because um, there was a, another thing that he said in that Q&A that is another feature on the site, is that Stephen King didn't want the film to be made at first. He actually told them no. So I don't, I don't want this film to be made. And the way they got it made was that they pitched him um, a scene at the end of the movie. And they said, what, what about if this happens? So I'm not going to say what, what the scene was because it would be a bit of a spoiler. I will say that it involves uh, the Overlook Hotel. If you've watched the trailers, we all know that the Overlook Hotel is in this film. Uh, it's in the book, kind of, but not... Yeah, it is. they do go back to it in the book. But um, yeah, so King had to be persuaded and Flanagan managed to do that. Anyway, so away from the features, I'll move on to the reviews and I will talk about Dr. Sleep. Um, so I'm a massive Stephen King fan. I love I love his books. I love The Shining. I love Dr. Sleep. Um, I also loved Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and I think they should be taken... I think they're very different. Uh, I think they should kind of be put into separate categories almost. I think whereas Stephen King's book is more of a straight horror book... I think I don't find The Shining, the film, particularly scary. I think the book is scarier than the film. But what I think the film is doing is actually it's playing with your it's playing with your mind. Basically, that's that's what it is. It's kind of um, it's making you you don't really realize it's happening at the time. But after having watched it, you can't stop thinking about it. And um, uh, and with Doctor Sleep, it kind of falls into in between those two character uh, those two categories because Mike Flanagan who I love I think he's a fantastic director The Haunting of Hill House is wonderful really wonderful uh, the, the he directed the sequel to Ouija which I think is brilliant Ouija the Origin Origin of Evil and uh, Oculus I love and Hush I love I I'm a big fan of his work and also Gerald's Game is I think a wonderful wonderful adaptation of Stephen King of a Stephen King novel I don't think Doctor Sleep is I think Doctor Sleep is 
it's too concerned with pleasing both Stephen King, the fans of the book, or Stephen King, okay, and the Kubrick estate, which actually is also the fans of the book and the fans of the movie. I, th- I, I just don't think you can do both. I really don't, because at the end I was sat there just thinking, okay, especially like the end of the film turns out to be more of a greatest hits of The Shining. If I want to see, rewatch The Shining, I'll go and rewatch The Shining. I don't want to sit in a cinema and have it recreated for me on screen. You don't, it doesn't need to be because The Shining exists. I, I don't know if you understand what I mean, but that's how I felt. I also thought it was way too long. And in the end, I found it a bit boring. It, it's just not scary. I didn't find Rosie the Hat threatening at all, whereas in the book she is. Uh, I thought I thought Ewan McGregor was good. I thought he was he was well cast actually. Um, unfortunately, I felt that the, uh, the 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 girl in it. Unfortunately, I thought Kaylee Curran was was a bit wooden. I mean, I think I'm probably the only person that said that, so maybe that's just me. But yeah, I, just, I didn't enjoy it, and I, it really pains me to say it because I really wanted to like this film, but I, I just thought it was a bit of a letdown. Actually, quite a bit of a letdown which I really wasn't expecting. I was expecting to really, really like it. And maybe that's my own fault. Maybe I went into it with high hopes and they just they just weren't met. And that probably that's my own something I have to deal with myself. Uh, but yeah, I, just, I have to be honest with everybody and I just didn't enjoy it. Moving on to The Watchmen. So I'm going to kind of put Watchmen episodes one and two together because episode three is coming out pretty soon. But I think this show is fantastic. I think it's brilliant. Damon Damon Lindelof is a, he's really good at this stuff. I mean, he kind of uh, he was finding his footing a bit with Lost, and I think he's really discovered it with uh, with Watchmen. I think Watchmen episodes one and two are some of the best some of the best television I've watched all year, and it really it really I love the the graphic novel and it really kind of it feels like it's a continuation of that and I love that fact. It's really well shot. The music is brilliant. Uh, the the I just Regina King is just incredible in as in the lead role and uh, this is this is my kind of peak TV of the year so far. I watch a lot of television and uh, and I really I can't wait for the next episode. It's that kind of TV. It's bringing kind of weekly event television back for me which has been gone for a while because when I was watching Game of Thrones I was just not that interested I wasn't excited to watch the next episode I think the last time I felt this way was probably for Westworld which again is another HBO series but I just uh, I just think I think this is really something that people have to watch watch for themselves because it is it's, it's pretty spectacular anyway So that was a lot to get through and as usual I merely scratched the surface of everything that happened this week but uh, there was a lot of stuff but please go and check out Small Screen which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news features and reviews. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Small Screen GB with the same everywhere and just thank you so much for listening. I've been getting a lot of good feedback from people and this has been really lovely and uh, please just yeah keep on listening and i'll see you back here same time next week thank you very much goodbye